Today is Monday, August 29th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Will man soon be on Mars? We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. If you agree with that mission, you can help subscribe, give us a rating, share it with a friend, all the good stuff. Let's get through that news of the cray together with me to get through it. Billy Hallowell, Trey Gones Phillips from CBN's Faithwire. What's going on, guys? Happy Monday. Yeah, I'm excited. We've got a new week. Uh, Billy, you're sounding so chipper on this Monday morning. Yes, I am. I am very caffeinated. <laughs> I, me too as well. I started a new book. You guys will be thrilled about this one. An Introduction to Systematic Theology by Cornelius Van Til. What have I done? This one's not exactly a page turner. It's like I was going to say, I just fell asleep. Halfway the title. <laughs> and this is your early morning reading day? I guess. It's got to be for a little while, I guess. I don't know. But wow. hey, new things on a Monday. So... Uh, <laughs> But hey, we're going to be looking into a couple big stories today, including a Texas chaplain that has uh, fired back after he was booted for sharing his personal Christian beliefs. And coming up on the main thing today, as I mentioned at the top, will we be soon heading to Mars? Well, NASA's taking a big first step in that today. CBN's Tara Mergener has the details for us. But first, we are going to start with the news in 90 seconds. Shootings have grabbed the headlines today, including an NFL player. A rookie was carjacked during an attempted robbery and shot. Washington Commanders rookie running back Brian Robertson sustained non-life-threatening injuries and is currently being treated at the hospital. Commanders head coach Ron Rivera took to Twitter and said that he spoke with Robinson and said, quote, he's in good spirits and wanted me to thank everyone for their kind words, prayers, and support. And then another mass shooting in an Oregon grocery store left three dead, including the suspect. Officers arrived on scene after two people had been shot and found the gunman dead of an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wounds as officers didn't have to fire a shot. Um, and Pastor Matt Chandler will be taking a leave of absence over what's being described as a, quote, inappropriate online relationship. Lead pastor of the Village Church in Texas Josh Patterson said the Instagram DMs Chandler had with a woman were not secret. Both spouses on each side of the equation knew weren't sexual in nature, but it was the, quote, frequency and familiarity of the chats that left elders calling the move unguarded and unwise. Those are just some of the headlines happening today over at CBNNews.com. You can check out more by heading over there. Guys, that last story of Matt Chandler is interesting. Obviously, big church and influential in uh, Highland Village, Texas. And um, it's it's interesting because, you know, the headline that was that was making today, calling it an inappropriate online relationship, if the details of what they're saying are true, um, it's, it's a technically correct headline, but... It seemed to me like it was a little um, kind of trying to imply that there was this sexual impropriety there. But as at least it was described by this church, it was just an unwise um, frequency of conversation. And so I don't know. What do you guys what do you guys make of this this whole situation? You know, these are tough scenarios because it's easy to pile on yeah. and it's easy to make assumptions. But one of the problems with a situation like this is there's almost no winning because when you put details out, but not enough details to discern exactly what happened, people are going to fill those blanks in. Yeah. Right. And, and so that's what that's what makes it challenging, because part of you says, OK, well, 
if you did something wrong, certainly there needs to be something that happens. If you didn't do something wrong, then why are you wasting my time with this story? Right. right. And that I'm just saying, I think that's the feeling a lot of people have. And so, or they become skeptical wanting to know, well, what did he really, are they protecting him from something right. else that they don't want to say? So it's complicated. Yeah. You know, and I think the media comes in with its bias. So there's that with the, the, the framing there. And then I think also just our human nature, unfortunately, is we have a tendency to be cynical, particularly of leaders. Um, so I think there's this, um, we want to fill and not, not just that we do fill in the blanks, but that we kind of want to by our human nature to fill in the blanks and, and to assume uh, these nefarious things, or these, these really inappropriate things, when the reality based on what uh, Matt himself said, and what uh, one of the other lead pastors said, <clears throat> is I think that it was, it's just out of an abundance of caution, uh, it seems like they've made this decision because leaders should be held to a higher standard. So yeah. I don't think the church was wrong in doing what they've done. Um, so, but I, I think maybe some more clarity would be helpful uh, moving forward. Yeah, there's a whole lot of things that come out of this as Christians. We can talk about it, you know, and, and maybe for another episode we can dive into this a little more. Not 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 necessarily because of Chandler and what what he did, but just kind of how we can act going forward as Christians. And you know, the Billy Graham rule comes into mind. I mean, just the appearance of impropriety, especially for people in leadership positions. If you're DMing someone back and forth frequently, that's what they said. They said it wasn't necessarily the conversations themselves. It was just that there were these frequent conversations with this one person. And it sounded like both sides were aware of the situation. And and look, full disclosure, I, I attended the Village Church for a couple of years while I lived in Texas. And um, there was there was a big controversy there at the time, and 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 they handled it. It, it very much appears that they try to handle these things up front and honestly. So um, you know, I know a lot of people on the outside will be will be kind of skeptical there, but um, they they do at least have a track record of having a desire to try to tackle these issues and and not be um, secret about it. And, and Matt appears that way as well. But it's tough. I mean, when you're these big churches, I just think it makes it much more difficult to handle these types of scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we have to approach it with grace and like what Trey was saying, not make assumptions. But, you know, Twitter yeah. and Instagram and oh, social man. media world, there are going to be a lot of assumptions. <laughs> Indeed. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's head into our next story here. And a former Texas chaplain now has filed a lawsuit after being basically canned for their Christian beliefs. So, Trey, what what happened here? Where did this happen? Who was it? And what, what were these beliefs that they were fired over? Yeah, so there are really several interesting angles here, but l let's set the background. So Dr. Andrew Fox, uh, he told us actually in an interview that it was shocking to learn that he was fired from his job at the Austin Fire Department. It's a volunteer position that he's had for eight years. Uh, because of what he wrote on his private blog, which he keeps completely separate from his ministry work uh, with the fire department, he wrote in a blog post and actually a series of blog posts uh, on his website uh, that he has a problem with allowing transgender women, which is males, uh, to compete on women's sports teams. And he said that's an attack and an affront on women themselves, on real biological women uh, and on, on female athletes. Uh, so obviously that's a hot topic issue. Some people caught wind of that. Uh, the Austin Fire Department chief found out about it. And he was really unceremoniously just kicked out of his 
like I said, volunteer position, which he's held for nearly a decade. Uh, and, you know, one of the things that I think is most fascinating about Dr. Fox's story is that he was born in the UK. Uh, he came to the United States 23 years ago. He and his family are now citizens. Uh, and he said when he came to the U.S., a huge draw for him uh, was not just the First Amendment that we have, uh, but also he felt like we truly valued uh, speech freedom, religious freedom here in the United States in a way that the U.K., Great Britain, uh, where he was born and raised, uh, did not. Uh, so that's just an added layer here that I think will be interesting. He now, like you said, Dan, has filed a lawsuit uh, so we'll see how it shapes out. Is this really a First Amendment violation? It's somewhat of a unique situation just because his position uh, was completely voluntary, so he wasn't kicked out of a, a salaried position. Um, but, it, you know, the Austin City Fire Department is a government uh, organization, and he was removed uh, expressly for his religious views. Uh, so he's got an argument there. We'll see. We'll mm. see what ultimately happens. But Fox told us, he said, the country that welcomed me through due process is not the same country that I find myself in today. Uh, and one of his attorneys, Hal Frampton, with the Alliance Defending Freedom, uh, he told us that the Austin Fire Department, quote, shouldn't be in the business of canceling people, of terminating them from positions, of punishing them for simply exercising their right to express themselves. He said, this is something that should concern all Americans, whatever your beliefs. So it'll be a fascinating story to follow. Mm. Yeah, indeed. And look, I mean, free speech, it seems like it's becoming less and less of a value here in the U.S. We talked last week about conservative podcaster Ben Shapiro just showing up at a podcast expo and hanging out for a few minutes and leaving. And then this podcast expo movement then they issue this huge apology and it it becomes this sense that you have that just being conservative or Christian is making, you're almost not allowed to exist now. It seems like, oh, this is a harmful view that can't be around. And this leaves the same sort of impact when you see somebody like this fired from a volunteer job. Over, honestly, that's not even, when you're talking about the transgender issue, that feels like, the safest of the controversial ground to be on to say, <laughs> hey, maybe these biological men shouldn't be competing with women. Uh, you see a lot of people share that opinion. So that one's, it's not even like there was some fringe opinion being shot around there or just like really hateful language towards transgenders. I mean, this seems like a very sane, common, and honestly, one of the safer opinions. So to be, to be pushed out of a volunteer position over this, it's, Honestly, it sends a chill on free speech to me. Well, and, and I think going back to what you were saying, Trey, about the case he would seem to have, this seems to create a litmus test that somebody working for yeah. government can't hold a view. You know, the government's not going to allow that view. That doesn't seem, and unless there's some other detail we don't know or some other disciplinary action that happened or whatever, that doesn't seem very legal. And so there are a lot of different elements to un unpack here. But, you know, to your point, though, Dan, I don't think this is a safe view to have anymore because culture has, you know, ha there's always shifting tides, right? And yeah. the new tides is that you have to agree with these issues. If you don't, you don't deserve to be present because you're a hateful bigot. Now, if they did the same thing with Christianity, let's say suddenly the government said, you have to embrace that Jesus Christ died for your sins or you're a horrible, hateful bigot and everybody who doesn't is going to lose their job. Well, we wouldn't stand for that because that's not right. That's not what the country is built on. But yet that's kind of what's happened with these standards. And it's really unfortunate to watch. It is. Well, and I, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Trey. 
Well, I was just going to say to the the point that y'all were making about is this creating a new litmus test or, uh, you know, what does this this mean? Uh, generally, uh, Fox actually spoke to that, you know, specifically. He said it's quite remarkable that he was fired from his position, again, a volunteer position, when he said he never allowed the two issues, his personal religious convictions and his job to ever meet. Uh, he said, I, I never allowed any of my personal opinions uh, and beliefs to come into uh, my work as a chaplain. Uh, he said specifically about people that he talked to, he said how they label themselves, whether it was a firefighter or, or you know, a victim of a fire, whatever. Uh, he said how they label themselves in any way, religion or any other expression of labeling was not something that I would ever inquire about, but I would immediately respond to their request for pastoral guidance and for spiritual spiritual help regardless of how they identified. So he said that this has been turned on him uh, is really a, a huge issue that should you know be chilling to all of us. Mm. Yeah, indeed. I mean, this, this idea that language is violence and there's safe spaces and unsafe spaces as pertain to talking about ideas. I think this is an idea that has really taken root, particularly in universities and, and colleges. And it's really kind of having that effect that you were talking about, Trey and Billy, of of shunning certain people who don't agree. If you don't agree with the common narrative at large, then you're going to get pushed out. And and that has not been an American value since the founding of America. We've always been able to have our differences of opinion, be able to express them. And and that's what ultimately has made America diverse and, and really strong. This is how ideas progress when you're allowed to talk about them and eventually the bad ones get weeded out. This is how things work. If you just try to shun ideas you don't like, that's never going to get you and get the collective mindset of the country to move in a direction that um, ultimately embraces the best ideas. And so, you know, we've got to continue to we've got to continue to speak out on this and, and hopefully more people do because this kind of thing like with this chaplain is I think is going to unfortunately uh, become more and more common. But all right, Trey, thanks for bringing that story today. And our main thing that leads us into that next humans to Mars. That is the plan eventually. But first NASA's counting down today to the liftoff of its giant new moon rocket, the space launch system or SLS. It's, it's all part of this Artemis project. And so SLS is the most powerful vehicle that has ever been developed by NASA. That's saying something. They've, they've created some impressive things. And this is the first step towards getting people back to the moon after a 50-year absence. And then eventually this, this, if it were successful, would lay the groundwork for flights to Mars in the 2040s, which is wild, guys, that the 2040s is like not as far away as you would think. You know, we're at 2022, and I mean, the, the word 2040 seemed like, unattainable at some point now i'm like eh, this is right around the corner but uh if the rocket's unable to launch today the next possible launch would be pushed back to friday uh september 2nd around 12 noon cbn's terra Mergener spoke with the chief exploration mission planning office at nasa and that is today's main thing and with us now is NASA expert Nujud Maransi. Nujud, NASA is launching a mission. Why is this historic? This is a historic mission for us because we're about to relaunch our plans to explore deep space and the lunar surface. So this is our test flight of Artemis 1. 
um, where we need to demonstrate that the rocket and the spacecraft are safe for the next flight with crew. So important, of course, and Artemis 1 is the first of an entirely new set of missions for NASA. And I understand this is the one that's going to get us ready to send humans back to the moon and onto Mars. Yes, our plans are that we can continue exploring, that we have a sustainable program. So building out the systems to do lunar exploration are the same types of systems we need to go to Mars. So the plan is, is that as we start exploring the moon, we'll continue and expand upon that further uh, to continue for those missions to Mars. Yes, yeah, so exciting. So how does this new Artemis program differ from the Apollo program? So it's a little different from Apollo, the physics, hasn't changed much. So some things like the capsule shape look very much the same between Apollo and Orion. But Apollo went to the equatorial region on the moon. Um, they were just going to the easiest place to get to as a national imperative. We are exploring the South Pole, which has very interesting um, permanently shadowed regions and craters where we might find water ice, as well as being a program like we talked about that can go to Mars and continue building the system. So a sustainable exploration with ever longer missions as we go. So much goes into the planning and the execution, et cetera. What makes you most excited about this particular mission, if you had to pick one thing? So the one moment in the mission I'm most excited about, uh, and, and I have... I used to work on Orion, so it is where my heart lies, right? It is getting Orion into the distant retrograde orbit. It'll be 40,000 miles on the far side of the moon. And from that vantage point, we'll be able to take a selfie with Orion, the moon, and Earth all together. So I'm looking for us to reach that milestone and go further than any human spacecraft has ever been. Well, you definitely have to take the selfie, right? <laughs> so <Yeah>, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, so much work I know goes on behind the scenes for a mission like this. Tell me about, you know, can you give me a sense of how much work this really is? There's an incredible amount of work and really it comes down to the people, right? Thousands of people have contributed to the vehicle design, the development, the testing, and the mission itself. So getting to this point represents the work and the careers of truly thousands of people around the world, including our European Space Agency partners that built the service module for Orion. So all of this is just demonstrating how we can work together to do hard things. Right. And of course, our viewers are going to want to know how they can learn more. What should they do if they want to know more about what's happening? Certainly. If you want to learn more, nasa.gov is NASA's main webpage with links to a lot of the Artemis information. Or just use your search browser to look for NASA Artemis. There's plenty of information, images, and background, as well as things like uh, teachers' activities to do in classrooms with students. Niju, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck. There is so much to be excited about. We'll all be watching. Thank you for having me. All right, Tara, thanks so much for that interview. That leaves us with time for one last thing today, guys. And Billy, we're going to take a look. Uh, at First Peter. Yeah, First Peter 2.11 really stood out to me this morning. It says, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. And it really stuck out because that connection between, you know, what you're doing outwardly, the passions of your flesh, and how damaging. I mean, it says it will wage war against your soul. Just a really interesting connection there. Yeah, I mean, and we're exiles and sojourners really here in this world. I mean, this world isn't our home. And so, like you said, that war is constantly waging. You know, Paul writes about it, the, the, the dual natures of 
of us as sin nature and and the spirit in us. And so those are always conflicting while we're here on this life. And so it's it's good to remember that this isn't the destination. This is just part of the journey. I think that, you know, this issue reminds me of, of that picture that we've all seen of like, you can see the tip of the iceberg and then you can look below the water and you can see uh, the huge uh, remainder of the iceberg. Uh, and I think that's the reality of, of life, right? Is that there's this, the physical, tangible issues of life. But at, at the end of the day, everything is rooted in spirituality and, and what the Lord says and how we should live and, and eternity uh, is is weighing in the balance. So I think all of, all of this stuff that we do is really just small and, and inconsequential in comparison to spirituality and what and eternity, uh, but all of it is is completely inseparable. Like all of it's very connected. So so I, I think it's important that we root ourselves in what Scripture says and how we live, uh, because it, the two can't be separated right. from one another. And I think as believers, it's just important to, at least for me, to remember to remember that. Yeah. Indeed, and that's uh, well said. And and look, that's why one of the reasons I'm reading this uh, page turner, this Cornelius Van Til page turner, <laughs> is to get to get more firm grounding in the underpinnings on all these Christian beliefs. So, um, all right, that's all the time we have for today's podcast. As always, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Um, and Lord willing, and that creek don't rise on us. We'll be back here tomorrow with more. God bless. We'll see you then.